3: Let's face it.
4: Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face it. This is Will Strayhorn. It is, what, Sunday? January the 24th, and we are your hosts on Will Strayhorn
1: and Alicia Brown.
4: How you doing? What's going on? I am wonderful.
1: Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Yes. Yes, yes. It's it's been a very blessed long weekend.
4: Even with um, the snow. I,
1: yes, because I I have sense. I lock in. Um, I was traveling actually, and when I came back that Thursday night, I knew I wasn't going anywhere until Monday. <laughs> so, you know, everything oh, so you haven't been out the whole time? oh no, sir! I I did my business trip Thursday. Drove back on Thursday night. And like I said, I got everything I needed. I had a lot of work um, that was prepared to do in that time, and I knew, you know, weather-wise, safely wise, I wasn't going out in this.
4: No. Nope. Oh, you know, that's a, that's the benefit of working for yourself, enjoying yeah. your you yes. having, having yes different things no, going you on. Know. You have the you have the privilege <laughs> of working at home if you have that discipline. You can do that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, after after my trip, yeah. I definitely had a little bit of an incentive to have more discipline but you know now, were you in Raleigh I was, for, Where were you? I was somebody in Raleigh was in Atlanta. Yeah. Okay, I know. No, I was, was in Raleigh you. boo. I was not in Atlanta.
4: Yes, you're a jet setter. You and Danielle you all jet setter. and Nathaniel. Nathaniel but he's baby, the master jet it. setter.
1: You gotta grind. You you gotta do it. You know, can't do business as usual, so right, man, right. I I mean it was really worth it. You know, there's some opportunities that it's that time. you got to jump on, and I'm telling you, it paid off already, just in ways I can't describe. I'm a little speechless. Yeah, i, I your but... testimony.
4: That's good. God's That's
1: good. good. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm safe because I'm, I'm a Virginia girl from Virginia. So, uh-huh. you know, in Virginia, we don't have mad snow, but people here drive like we do.
0: So, but, you can't okay, drive so in there,
1: rain,
4: I think <laughs> on your side, it was worse than over here.
1: No, I think actually it was worse on your side. Really? Oh. Yeah, because okay. we were we were pretty good.
4: Oh okay, okay. But like I said,
1: if you can't drive in rain,
5: okay.
1: the minute there's one snowflake on the ground, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. it's the storm <laughs> of the year. No, I'm gonna stay in the house because you ain't gonna hit me. You, I, I my nerves just can't take it. Thanks. Yeah. I'm gonna stay right <laughs> on in the yeah. house and work.
4: Yeah. Glory.
1: So how know, was your weekend? Know.
4: I uh, I've been fighting bronchitis, but it, I have enjoyed myself. I've gotten so much rest. So, so for some reason, yeah. school this semester is a breeze. I don't have a lot of work. Um, I can do it like in an hour. And it's just been Oh, thank you, good. Lord. So I've been what resting. The doctor gave me some stuff with codeine, so I've been feeling really good. Oh, Lord. Just, just that's relaxing. That's why
1: he Okay.
4: Yes, yes. I've been sleep, Sleep, that's it. But you know, we okay, have I'm gonna
1: need to talk our, to the doctor and some money. No, you know. no, like can you keep me up on codeine a little bit longer, thank you.
4: <laughs> I got <laughs> enough, and I got a refill, hold I I want refill, so I'm gonna hold it. Yes, but um, I'm excited about the show. We have someone, we have our um, a guest calling in from Nigeria. So
0: um, yes. we're
4: doing some great things, and we have a guest um, co-host tonight, and I'm gonna let Nate introduce the co-host. Nate's birthday is today. I want to wish him hey. a, birth- a happy birthday, yes, um, young man. Let's bring them on to the show to see exactly yes, how their weekend yes. is. We're going. Hi, everybody. How, are you- how was your week?
6: Hey, hey, hey. I had hey, had really
4: had
6: a good. Oh. Ooh. Okay, yeah. oh that? Ooh. That was oh, the Lord. birthday boy. <laughs> Hell, oh,
0: shoot. <laughs> hey, <laughs> He gets to celebrate Oh,
4: Go He's ahead, market. Nate. He's marketing. Okay. Okay.
0: So
4: how was your weekend? Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> What? <Wow. laughs>
0: Are you going to do that also?
6: Stay so quiet. I'm a little scared. So I said, boy, you're not going to go first. I was letting you share your weekend, birthday boy.
0: Well,
7: I didn't do anything this weekend. I stayed in. <laughs>
6: Ooh.
7: I got myself together. I'm still getting myself together (laughs) So I ask all of you Who know the works of prayer That have been saved For quite some time now
1: now. Continue
7: to pray for me And my strength Amen 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 Make sure you know the Lord Make sure you know the Lord That's right
1: because everybody can't pray for you boo Tell that
7: (laughs) And the Oscar goes, to. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. I'm the black person, remember? Oh, okay, I was going to say that, because you know they please. can't add. No, not okay, Please, please, was please. What we was your weekend, Nathaniel? <laughs> my my weekend was very peaceful. I sat in this house, of course. So I was snowed in. In North Carolina, they're not ready for it, so we're trying to get the house. Um, trapped in the house, but you know, I, I I watched you know some movies. I watched some TV shows, and I caught up on some reading. I've been reading a book um, by one of my good friends. Her name is Trice Hickman. If you ever mm-hmm. um, find time to look her up, she's a great author. Um, but yeah, just caught up on my my ratchet television, and, uh-huh. I and you know, I guess I guess I had quality time with, with my dog, which I call the cord chewer, and uh-huh. been chewing on a lot of cords lately. Yeah, Uh-oh. but you know, I hope they're not plugged in. Oh, they were plugged in. Yeah. I, I, oh, you oh, know. Already, yeah, they, they were plugged in. driving that dog to, to suicide. Pool. Oh, yeah. That's her. what she I No, not what she do. She was about to be a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm coming, I, I mean, I come into the house and the lights are off. I'm like, what is the lights off? I know I paid the electric bill. What is going on? Finally, she didn't choose the cords and then trip oh, the breaker. Oh, oh, my Lord. And she's in a corner hiding because she knew she oh, got wrong. Um, oh, so, no. know, we're, we're moving on down the line, you know. Yes. I, it's okay. I, I prayed about it because I know the word of prayer. You know, I know the word of God. You know, it's in me, and I had to pray. Okay, okay. I all right. Okay, you're you going to preach. Poor dog. No, 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 hey, no, no. I already preached already. We already preached. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, hey, how was the weekend, Boo?
6: It was busy, busy, busy. You know, I'm planning for an upcoming event,
7: so yeah. dealing
6: with all of that. Um, we will be on there. top of, I'm in school too, you know. So oh, I'm you? not as lucky as you.
0: And okay. this was
6: the week where I got hit with three, six, seven page papers.
5: Uh, yay!
6: Uh, yay, my butt! <laughs> <laughs> that was sarcasm. I'm running. rethinking, rethinking Ooh. life over here. Do I really need this degree? I don't need, yep. really you need it You no. want to do it, girl?
8: You want to do it?
6: Question to finish. Yeah, you know, that was my weekend in front of a computer screen.
9: Okay, well, that's,
0: that's good Everybody like had time weekend. to do what they needed to do That's
6: good mm-hmm.
9: Liz, how was your weekend? I need three more days <laughs> Um, My weekend was okay I've been snowed in since Friday I, I, saw I finally got out today But I got stuck So I'm back home probably for another mm. day or two So I've just been catching up on homework Relaxing
0: okay. Nothing
9: major, no trouble You got okay. stuck? Yeah, it's it's about a foot of snow that's just straight ice. And then because the sun came out, it's freezing all the snow. So it's like, oh, no. and they're not plowing, because VDOT took all their trucks off the road yesterday. So now nice. they're trying to get on the road and catch up. So my whole neighborhood is just straight ice. Oh, wow. A foot of ice. Yeah.
4: Okay. Well, Nathan has his BFF, a good friend of ours who's been a co-host. I'm going to let Nate introduce (laughs) her.
7: I tell you, this co-host that's about to come on, she is smart, she is kind, (laughs) (laughs) and she is important. Do you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) She is a fellow thespian, and the baby can sing. Oh, my God, can she sing? She's an actress. She's a director. She's an educator on stage, off stage, and in the public school classroom.
5: So I would like Mm -hmm. for
7: you guys to put a great, let's face it, radio station welcome to my girlfriend, Sharon Cook. Hi. Welcome to the
0: show, Sharon. Hi. So, Sharon, how was your weekend? How
7: was your weekend?
4: It was
8: It was nice. I stayed inside, and, uh, well, I did go out yesterday and worked out, actually, with um, Nate. Yes. Um, We worked out. He forgot to mention that. And Um. the (laughs) painful beating, (laughs)
0: Uh
8: trying to, um, you know, work off some of that snowed-in eating. Yeah. And other than that, I just... um, I did Netflix and chill.
4: Netflix and chill. (laughs) That's my term. I love it.
7: (laughs) Netflix and chill. All right.
0: Okay. I feel by myself, though. I
7: was alone. How many people were alone? (laughs) Who was really alone, though? I was alone. (laughs) (laughs) Cricket.
0: You had the (laughs) Lord
7: with
0: you. Yes. There you go.
7: You were never alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Will
7: Will Will were, Hey Will, were you alone? Oh, oh see, I took a side to go to the hot topic. That's
1: why I'm feeling
4: nauseous. Well, so I have
7: so, that's so
4: that's much that's static that's on my head, topic. but we're gonna go to the hot
0: yes. topic, yes, we'll that's get you the question later, topic. Jay. Jesus? <laughs> ah. So <laughs> last week,
4: last week, you know, the whole Oscars. um, drama is yeah. still continuing. Um, it's kind of dying down a little bit. But the whole white Oscars, you know, mm-hmm. for the second year in a row, there have been no black um, actors or actresses nominated for leading um, movies. And that was a big issue. And We had a good discussion last week, um, good dialogue between Nate and Nathaniel. And I just wanted to continue that because a few things have transpired. <sighs> um, but what we're going to do is I have three clips, and I'm going to play them let you guys hear them and we will discuss each one. So I'm going to start with the one that's basically summarizing everything that's going up through Wednesday. Um, to my knowledge, a few things have happened since then. But this is pretty much the general gist of what's going on.
10: The Academy Awards president has released a statement amid controversy around the lack of diversity amongst nominees, and we have the details for you right now on Clever's Trophy Life. The stars have spoken again, and the Academy has nodded its head again. Amongst the large list of snubs at this year's Oscars, nothing was more glaring than the obvious lack of diversity amongst the nominees across all the categories, and the discussion has now moved on to include many A-list actors and creators. In response to the controversy, the Academy president, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, has issued a statement saying she's, quote, both heartbroken and frustrated about the lack of inclusion and acknowledges this is a difficult but important conversation that needs to happen. Isaacs goes on to say that the Academy is taking dramatic steps to alter the makeup of their membership but points out that it's not happening fast as they already attempted to implement changes four years ago. She goes on to say that the need for change within the Academy has been apparent before with multiple changes brought in the 60s and the 70s and she hopes to implement similar change in her time. Of course this isn't just a problem for this year's awards as it also happened last year and has proven to be a problem for quite some time. Selma star David Oyelowo described in a recent speech that he spoke to President Isaacs last year after all 20 acting nominees ended up being white, having, quote, deep and meaningful conversation, as the star put it, hoping as many have before, something would finally be done. Oyelowo points out, though, that nothing did, and says, quote, For that to happen again this year is unforgivable. While some have issued brief statements speaking to the effect of the problem, other stars have gone a step further into taking actual action against the issue. Outspoken director Spike Lee has called for a boycott of this year's Oscars in a lengthy social media post. In it, Lee evoked several quotes from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. going on to say that he's tired of being sought after by the media for his thoughts on the lack of diversity in Hollywood, suggesting perhaps the media should instead gather quotes from the current nominees or executives who nominated Continuing with that thought, Lee addressed that particular executive branch of Hollywood saying that until there is diversity in those highest levels of decision making for films being made, change will not come. Joining Lee in the Oscar boycott is Jada Pinkett-Smith, whose husband, Will Smith, was considered a contender for Best Actor for Concussion. In a video posted on her Facebook page, Pinkett said, quote, begging for acknowledgement or even asking diminishes dignity and diminishes power, so let's let the Academy do them with all grace and love, and let's do us differently. While others have agreed with the boycott, some have not. Will Smith's former Fresh Prince co-star Janet Hubert issued her own statement criticizing Pinkett by saying she, quote, she finds it ironic that somebody who has made their living and made millions and millions of dollars from the very people that you're talking about boycotting just because you didn't get a nomination, just because you didn't win? She goes on to suggest that perhaps Smith and others didn't deserve their nomination. Actor Idris Elba, who is considered by many a shoo in for a Best Supporting Actor nomination for his work in Beasts of No Nation, recently spoke to Britain's Parliament and pointed out that the lack of character diversity in British television was so horrible a few years ago that he was only able to land serious lead roles in British dramas, such as Luther, after firmly establishing himself in America. Though he points out TV seems somewhat more diverse here in the States, it's lacking elsewhere and that then extends into the film world. As for this year's Oscars host Chris Rock, he's dealing with the controversy the best way he knows how, by cracking jokes. He recently took to Twitter to call the Oscars, quote, the White's BET Awards. While there is certainly a clear problem, it doesn't discredit the majority of these nominated this year as there were plenty of outstanding performances, but of course, the debate persists. What will happen next is anyone's guess. The hope is certainly that change will come sooner than later and that meritable performances will finally be acknowledged regardless of race, gender, or otherwise. But what do you guys think? Should individuals boycott the Oscars or are there more important issues they should be concerned about? Head down to that comment section and tell us what you think and then click over here to check out who did.
4: That's pretty much it. Oh, but um right. what do you think about the some of the things that she said and about some of the things that people are doing? Do you
7: think it's well this first? I would, like, the first, to far? I
4: would
7: yeah. like to first point out that the 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 lady that's in charge of the Oscars or the um academy, she is a black lady. Oh, right. that makes it right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she can only do as much as the white people gonna allow her to? Yeah, exactly. Okay. One black woman with six thousand members. Six thousand members, mind you, six thousand members. Seventy-five percent are male. But I believe of the six thousand, it's only. It's like a few that actually count.
8: Right. Everybody. I want to say. Get I think book. it's
7: thirteen. Yeah. It's not a. You get to. I can't I can't remember how I was reading it the other day when I was doing my it's research like a, on it. Like electoral vote, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. It's 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 exactly similar to that.
8: And it's yeah. not guaranteed that everybody who votes gets actually sees the films, all the films that they're voting for.
7: Exactly. Yeah. So, so
4: exactly.
8: Voting? I think that um You know, the boycott is all good and well, and that's fine. Do what you feel like you have to do. But I feel like um, it would make a greater statement if they had um, actually um, solicited the black community and pulled together to boycott going to the movies. Because
0: Mm -hmm. I read a
8: statistic that showed that 40% of movie tickets were purchased by African Americans. Uh Uh, Yeah, wouldn't calling for an economic boycott. These be more effective than just refusing to attend or watch the Oscars because I don't think it's going to matter if you you don't watch it and you, you're not there. But
7: right. we could
8: say more with our buying power.
7: um us be to just honest. Do we, watch. do we really watch the Oscars? Though? That's what I wanted I mean. to say.
6: People boycotting it is not going to make a significant difference in the viewers because Absolutely. we are, we don't usually watch the Oscars but we we wouldn't be hurting them so much financially I think the Sharon made a good point about boycotting movies but there's also another piece to this individuals like Jada Pinkett Smith have the money to create avenues for there to be for us to have movies because part of the problem is not that they didn't pick movies but we don't even have very many movies to pick from so mm-hmm. right. we need to be tackling that issue, too. Now, Which this bothers Janet, me. Okay, you
0: say this. I'm sorry. No,
6: go you're ahead. You This bothers me because we spend a lot of time focusing on the Oscars. When there are people in Flint, Michigan, that are struggling yeah. with the water yeah. crisis, that's more important. I could care less about the Oscars based on some of the other things that are happening to us um, as a community. And I think that uh, a lot of the media is focusing on this and we're not getting enough attention on some issues that are very important right now that we need to be focusing on. This is an issue, but it's a minor issue compared to some of the things that we got going on as a community, as black people. And
7: Danielle, that is so uh-huh. funny that you brought that point up because I, I was watching the Bill Morris show today, and he said he made the exact same the exact same point, how cynical <laughs> that we've become, that they, we have major issues like detained water, and they cover it up with bullcrap like the Oscars,
0: mm-hmm. so,
7: because but that's what we run it. to. We run to but, that that
0: mm-hmm. that
7: reality type TV that's going to keep up its foolishness true. instead of picking out the real meat of things. So now they got black folk acting crazy because we didn't get an Oscar, but we've been getting them for real anyway. That's why we got the BET awards. The, but that's what the but, but that's what causes the separation That's what causes the separation amongst the community that, Because we have some We have some who say Well why are we been fighting to sit at their table If they don't want us there And then we have others saying Well we work hard We deserve a position at their table So it causes yes. a division But then but, are no. we really sitting at their table Are they I really inviting us to their table No the they're not at all The whole point is
1: you need to pick You know if you don't have a dog in the fight you need to ask yourself why you're spending so much time on this. Again, I'm more touched by the Flint, Michigan situation. You're talking about over ten thousand children who are drinking this water that people shouldn't even be bathing in. And they're gonna have neurological damage for the rest of their lives. And never mind that this was primarily an African American population that was affected. So again, if I don't have a, if I'm not winning an Oscar I'm not an actress. I'm not any part of that community. If Will and Jada Smith want to say something, well, they're part of that community. If you have Mm -hmm. other people on the other side that want to say something and argue back and forth, they're a part of that community. It affects them. They have a vested interest. I don't have a vested interest. So I'm one of those Mm -hmm. people. If I don't have a dog in the fight, it's not going to affect my environment, my community. I'm not really all that concerned about it. We have other pressing issues. Let's
4: hear what... Let's hear
2: real quick what Jada had to say. Hi, today is Martin Luther King's birthday. And I can't help but ask the question, is it time that people of color recognize how much power, influence that we have amassed, that we no longer need to ask to be invited anywhere? I ask the question, have we now come to a new time and place where we recognize that we can no longer beg for the love, acknowledgement, or respect of any group? Then maybe it's time that we recognize that if we love and respect and acknowledge ourselves in the way in which we are asking others to do, that that is the place of true power. I'm simply asking the question. Here's what I believe. The academy has the right to acknowledge whomever they choose, to invite whomever they choose. And now I think that it's our responsibility now to make the change Maybe it is time that we pull back our resources and we put them back into our communities into our programs, and we make programs for ourselves that acknowledge us in ways that we see fit that are just as good as the so called mainstream ones. I don't know here's what I do. <laughs> Begging that for acknowledgement or even asking diminishes dignity and diminishes power. And we are a dignified people and we are powerful. And let's not forget it. So let's let the Academy do that with all grace and love. And let's do us differently. I got nothing to love. Hey, Chris, I will not be at the Academy Awards, and I won't be watching, but I can't think of a better man to do the job at hand this year than you, my friend. Good luck. And to the rest of you, nothing but love, always.
11: Black Chris Janet Hubert coming to you, not in a post, but sort of in a post. And... um. I gotta say, um, I, I've been trying to figure out, do, do I really wanna do this? And yeah, I do. I do. Today being um, the celebration of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday and hitting 60 years old, I just, I'm at that point where I'm like, uh-uh, I don't give a kitty. I wanna say something about um, Jada Pickett Smith asking other actors, black, black actors and actresses, to boycott the Oscars. Uh, First of all, Miss Singh, um, does your man not have a mouth of his own with which to speak? And the second thing is, girlfriend, there's a lot of shit going on in the world that you all don't seem to recognize. People are dying. our Boys are being shot left and right. Uh, people are hungry. People are starving. People are trying to pay bills. And you talk about some motherfucking actors in uh, Oscars and it, it just ain't that deep and here's the other thing for you to ask other actors and other black actresses and black uh, actors to jeopardize their career and they're standing in a town that you know damn well, you don't do that and here's the other thing, they don't care they don't care and I find it ironic that somebody who has made their living Made them living and made millions and millions of dollars um from the very people that you're talking about boycotting just because you didn't get nomination, just because you didn't win. That is not the way life works, baby. Okay, and it it's very suspect to me. And I seem to recall, hmm, twenty maybe six, seven years ago, twenty five, whatever it was. What what? No, I don't even remember. But. I seem to remember at option time coming to you and saying, you know what, Will? You're the star of the show. Why don't we all get together? And with you, maybe we could get a little raise. Maybe the network, since, you know, the show is such a hit and you being the star of the show, your influence will help us greatly like we did on Friends, like white shows do. Remember that? Do you remember that? Because I do. Mm. And your response to me was, my deal is my deal and y'all's deal is y'all's deal. Well, Palmer must be a bitch because now here you are. Here you are. You've had a few flops. And you know, there are those out there who really deserved a nod. And Idris Elba was one of them. Lord have mercy. Beast of No Nation was incredible. That man is an incredible actor. You are not. Maybe you didn't deserve uh, a nomination. I, I didn't think, frankly, you deserved a Golden Globe nomination with that accent. But you got one. And just because the world don't go the way you want it to go, doesn't mean that you can go out and then you start asking people to stand up and sing, we shall overcome for you. Mm. You ain't Barack and Michelle Obama. And y'all need to get over yourselves. You have a huge production company that you only produce your friends, your family, and yourself. So you are a part of Hollywood. You are a part of the system that is unfair to other actors. So get Get real. Now, for those of you who say, Ms. Huber, here she go, here she go, here she go being bitter. Bitches, please. It's not about being bitter. It's about being right. You know, some of us got mortgages to pay. We got bills to pay. We got bigger shit to worry about than the Oscars. The only Oscar I care about right now is Oscar Mayawena with Mustard and Relish. And on that note, Blotters Janet Cuba. Signing off. <laughs> Peace, baby. Blackpip
0: well, well, Janet well, Huber. She was a little honey. I think right now
4: that
9: was funny. So what
4: do you think between her and Janet? What do you, I mean, yeah, between Ooh. her and
9: Janet.
4: That was funny. They made
9: some valid points, though. I mean, yeah.
4: yeah. Like what?
9: There's so much more to yeah, think like about than the Oscars. From. Like, she made a oh, point yeah, because Will didn't get it. Now you're mad, like girl. Mm-hmm. This has been going on for some years, mm-hmm. right?
7: Actually, everything she hey. said was valid. I it just came, it just came across from a bitter place. And like I said, five glasses. Right. Why? And medication. I don't know for her she bitter. Why do you have to be bitter um, just to have a? Well, no, 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 no. Let, let me tell you why she just comes across. Because it, 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 she, she comes across as bitter. bitter. She uh. does. And we already know that her and Will have had this twenty five year issue exactly. that has not been resolved. And exactly. and I don't understand why she's upset. She was a seasoned actress who actually brought a lot of life to that show. And when they took her off, it, it kinda went downhill a little bit for me. It was still good. Yeah. But I really I really liked her as Aunt Viv. I really did. Mm-hmm. And then they brought they brought on the light skinned version. I mean, that was really drastic. <laughs>
8: But y'all know what? As an actress, as an actress, that's that is a part of the price you pay in that business. That mm-hmm. sometimes you have the part, and sometimes they come and they pull it right from under you. There, there is no guarantee.
7: Um, well, they said that she was hard to work with. I heard her in another interview that uh, this is named Alfonso. Who was the guy to play Carlton? They said that he he yeah. even didn't oh, get a, yeah. he didn't get a. He didn't get along with her. A lot of people didn't get along with her on the set. And I've heard that she's been difficult to work with. I don't mm-hmm. know how true that is because I've never worked with her, so I don't know. But if no one knew her and they looked at that interview or that clip, they would think that, yeah, she's difficult. She's she's a rough cookie. But, I mean, right. she's valid. She still was valid. But she had a clean up video that was really good. And, I mean, I think it came across better. Okay. Okay. I think that... I believe that if the Oscar were to take Jada's Pickett's interview and put it on the screen and say, this is why y'all are not winning no awards," because you can't act. <laughs> <laughs> All
4: right.
7: There you go. Do y'all, did, do y'all
4: know anyone who you feel should have gotten nominated this year that was
7: black? Idris? I do believe Idris should have gotten nominated. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And, and I also, she, the black Michael Sheen. I think he did well. a good job. I, I can't say well, his I, well, name. Well, I'm sorry, I, think I have not. Michael have got nominated as well. Yeah, I do. But I, you know what? I didn't even see the movie. I haven't even saw Will's movie. So guess what? I wouldn't even be able to. Now vote Will if definitely should have got nominated. Now that the accent, his acting was good, but that accent was horrible. The accent
4: was god awful. Mm. Yeah, the accent, was, yeah. but I and
7: think the, when the I saw, accent got in the way. Go
8: ahead, Sharon. I'm sorry. It was distracting. Yeah, it was, and you he, have to be. He careful was trying hard. When you use act, when you acting in a role that qu- requires you to use an accent, because if you can't pull it off effectively, it does become a distraction. Um, but I think that interest's role. I saw him in um, Beast with No Nation, and I thought he was outstanding. I thought the 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 other actors in that. And that play, the little African boys and stuff were the, the little boy that played the lead, um, was awesome as well and and quite deserving of a nomination. Um, interestingly, the screenwriters for Out of Straight Out of Compton, which were all white, received a nomination, but none of the black actors did. And Sylvester Ooh. Stallone received the nomination for Creed, but the What's the young man's name that played? Creed, Apollo's son. Michael B. Jordan.
6: Michael yeah. B. Jordan. Yeah, that's who yeah. I was talking about. I didn't know his name though. And
8: um, yeah. okay. And of course, nobody out of *Beast with No Nation*. So it's just it's it's interesting. Oh, that was a good movie. Yeah. yeah.
4: Well, um, we're going to take a commercial break, and when we come back, we already have one line. Our guest calling in from Nigeria, so we want to get her on, Miss Alec Koriji uh, And she's going to be on right after this break. You're listening to Let's Face It. We'll be right back. All
0: right.
7: Hey, Nick Cannon here. So, of course, we all know there's lots of talent in America. But unfortunately... There's something else we've got way too much of. Childhood hunger. 17 million kids struggle with it in this country. But here's the thing. This problem is entirely solvable. Seriously, we already produce more than enough healthy, nutritious food in this country to feed every single last one of those hungry kids. We just need a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks is out there every day gathering surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across the country. But they need your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.
2: Dad, we need to talk. can we just enjoy the drive? If you're not going to listen to me, who will we listen to?
3: Jeffrey.
0: Ah!
2: Marcia Gay Harden, what, what?
3: Eyes on the road, Dad.
2: What, 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 what are you doing? What, what,
8: are you, what, are you, what are you doing in my back seat? How did you get in here? You're getting older.
2: Not that old. Your brain's changing. It's natural. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Honey, I've got experience with this. Jeffrey, brain health is all about making the most of your brain as you age and helping to reduce some of the risks to your brain. Really?
9: Now that's interesting.
6: So, you'll talk to her about this, but not me. More to Gay hardened? W- where did she go?
2: Learn what you can do to help keep your brain healthy at brainhealth.gov.
3: Did she? Did she uh, oh, she didn't say goodbye. I mean, I go to
2: visit brainhealth.gov.
4: back to Let's Face It, our first guest this evening. She's a Nigerian actress, writer, TV personality, talk show host, speaker, author, self-help mentor, and the founder of the Naked Movement. Also an advocate for expression and a multi-form ambassador, platform ambassador for self-empowerment and transformation. She spends most of her days building her purpose, promoting expression and empowering minds globally. As an expressionist, she needed a platform where she could be transparent and her voice could be heard, somewhere she could cry, laugh, curse, or use the F-word if need be. So tonight, with a witty-gritty, no-holds-barred approach to an intellectual discussion about love, life, inspiration, sex, and reality, please help me welcome to the show Miss Alex Akaroji. Did I pronounce that right?
3: Thank you so much, Will. Hi. See, that's, that's, saying, right. that's okay. That's okay. We were practicing <laughs> with your name. I'm, I'm
4: sorry. Blessings.
0: Yeah,
3: it's fine. It's Akurji. Akurji. Can you hear me? Accordi.
4: Accordi. Yes, it's Akurji. Akurji. Akurji.
3: But it's okay to you. say like Alex. It. Thank okay, you. Okay. <laughs> How are you? Hi everyone. Hi. Hello. I'm thank you? Good you, Good
4: morning. Three, what time is it? Three a.m. There.
3: Yes, it's about 3 a.m. here in Nigeria. Wow. So wow. I have to say good evening and good morning. I have exactly. to say good evening and good morning. So hi, everyone. Exactly. Hi. Hey,
5: Thank you so much. Hey.
3: Thank you so much for inviting yes. me. You're welcome. You're
4: welcome. So for the benefit Thank of you. our listeners, I want
3: to know who, who is okay.
4: Alex, and how would you describe yourself?
3: Um, you know, I would just say that Alex Fergie is um, an expressionist, and I use the word expressionist because um, I'm an artist who uses a different medium of the art to basically um, promote expression and empower people. So, yes, I'm an actress. I'm a writer. Um, I'm a, a radio host, and that's, you know, different forms of um, media because I use right. visual, um, I use literal, and you know, audio. So I'm using these different forms of media to basically uh, promote consciousness and uh, building a presence of mind as well as empowering people to transform their lives. So, yes, I'm an expressionist. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, you know, Alex,
1: um, it just sounds like you're rather a creative person. Um, we, we've yes. ref- heard to you being referred to as the queen of naked expression, the queen of naked talk, Ms. Truth, naked talker by your fans. Could you share with us the details <laughs> on how you earned those titles <laughs> and what they mean? Uh,
3: uh, <laughs> uh, you, know, uh, you know, that's a, a great question. But um, I think that um, – First of all, because um I started um building the nature brand with my blog, right, so I started blogging at first um after i had um I had uh gone through a series of bad relationships and a divorce um and I moved back from Ghana, which is another West African country where I was married to um another actor. And when I got back, I had I was going through a lot of uh, depression, so to speak. And then I started writing. So I started writing to kind of it was more like um, therapy for me. And then mm-hmm. I started writing my own filtered thoughts, and a lot of it was, you know, a, lot, a bit of it was raw and um, unfiltered and raunchy. And I had what I used to call run and filtered. And so a lot of people, I would write just how I was feeling, whether it was mm-hmm. sexual, or it was just about relationships, or my thoughts on life, or love, or sex, and because I was very open, and transparent, and honest about my thoughts, people I called me the naked talker. Right, and some would say truth because they could find the truth, you know, in the things that I was sharing. So I think I kind of earned that name just from the perception that people had about me being very honest and open and transparent. So yes, that's where all of those, you know, <laughs> crazy name gotcha. came from.
6: <laughs> Alex, this is Danielle, and you just shared a little bit about what oh, hi, started Danielle. you. Hey, what started you in writing? Okay. And I'm um, curious to know the story behind your latest book. So, is there a juicy story behind this book that that we need to know about?
2: Um.
6: Well, yeah.
3: <laughs> um. You know, the book "The Nature's" really came from. You know, just really first of all, it's a tr- you know it's a book that offers wisdom. You know, uh, it offers wisdom for those who are struggling to accept the truth about life. You know, and the realities of love, relationships, sex, and just reinvention of self, and that's you know that story began with my own struggle because I was struggling to accept certain truths. So I was this person who is pretty famous in my country. Um, I got you know in a in a relationship, and again, I got in a relationship with a fellow actor, and you know we got married, had a child. And that relationship didn't work. But, you know, a lot of the time, you know, the relationship didn't work not just because um, he has um, his faults or I had my faults. I wasn't realistic. I didn't have realistic expectations, right?
0: Mm -hmm. And
3: I experienced so many things. Um, that had nothing to do with the exterior things that other people worry about, like cheating and all of that. I think that I went, I lied to myself, and we were all we were both lying to ourselves. And so all of the things that I experienced moving back, I decided to stop painting my thoughts. So yes, you know, um, I struggled with, the backlash, like what was gonna happen when media starts talking. I stopped going out because I would go to an event and I'm on the red carpet, and, you know. And the journalist is asking me, "Oh, hi, Alex. How's it, how's it going? How's your husband? How's marriage?" And I didn't want to lie and say, mm-hmm. "Oh, we're good. We're happy," you know. Yeah. And that's usual. That's the usual response, you know. Oh, yes, we're great. We're happy, you know. Or you know, so I figured I didn't want to lie. And I kind of didn't want to say so much about what was going on, but if I kept hiding and not say anything, then I was gonna burn like burn up because I had all of this, you know, the, I I'd gone through verbal abuse and so much other stuff that I was keeping, and then I also had to deal with my family because again, coming from the African culture. Um, uh-huh. You don't want to kind of, you know, people are rooting for you. They want you to win. They think you guys look good together. You know, people want you to struggle through the relationship. You have to somehow find a way to make it work. But it's not working. So you have to be honest about that and not become, I was, you know, initially people were worried about me becoming one of, you know, statistic and saying, oh, yeah, she's a single mother and all of that. And I decided that the only way I was going to control the narrative was to share my own story but in a way that it was funny and witty and people could learn and could relate with it and use it to also just um help themselves, you know, and empower themselves. So that's really what, you know, the back the background was yeah, the book. Yeah.
9: Ooh. Hi Alex, this is Liz. Hi Liz. Hi. So, how has getting naked improved your brand relationships and life, and how can our listeners use it to reinvent or transform their own lives
3: um okay i'm I'm gonna stop by explaining what really being naked. I know that you probably have an idea what being naked really is, but you know being naked is just being open, being transparent, being expressive is presenting yourself um just the way you are um accepting the flaws that you have, and, you know, being able to express yourself. Now, I feel like it is okay for people to be transparent about their whole or their emotional imperfections because even the most beautiful people stand naked before the mirror, and if they're honest with themselves, they may see certain flaws. Now, I what what that has done for me, I've been able to come out and share with people that I am not perfect and neither at they, and that perfection really is a myth because we're all flawed one way or another, right? So uh, Even though people have all these expectations of who they think you are or who they think you should be, um, being naked, which is another word that I use for authentic, is saying, hey, this is me as real as I can be. This is me, you know. Um, you either love me or leave me, right? And so I noticed that at first I was just this actress who was, you know, trying to build a career and doing all of these other amazing creative things. But that's it. That's what I, I felt like. That was just ordinary. And I wanted to not just be an actor, but I wanted to be someone who influences, you know, the lives of other people. I figured when I when I went through all of the, the issues with my relationships and moving back home, because, of course, when you leave, um, the entertainment industry is such a place that the newbie is coming up every minute, right? So when you – go away, someone comes and replaces you. So I looked back, and it was hard to get a job, right, because I'd come back with a baby. I was going through postpartum depression. Um, my, I wasn't as, you know, my body wasn't the same. I changed a bit. I was struggling with my relationship and myself and introducing myself into the industry. Um, I figured, you know what, it, it made sense to be honest about those struggles rather than pretend because we're living in an environment where everyone is faking it to make it. So rather than pretend that I'm, you know, happy and I'm leaving this, you know, and this, I, I, I felt it was um, important to be honest and be open and share that with my community, which I did. So that sort of opened me to a new uh, set of people or a new set of followers and fans, and people liked that I was being bold and um you know, mad, and that they could relate to my story because, you know, these different people were struggling in different areas of their life. And so how that has helped me, that has helped me um, earn a new set of fans. Um, um, it has also, also helped me, a lot of people send me emails, tell me how much my words impact them and how I motivate them and inspire them because I'm honest, and they can find their story, snippets of their own story in my story, right? So that's sort of, just expanded my brand. And people can use, I realize that people can use honesty and authenticity to um, show who they really are. Here's the thing. We're all. A lot of people are trying to be um, a version of another person. I will never be offended that someone is living their life being who they really are. But I would be offended if someone was trying to be a version of me and doing a bad job at it. Or if I was trying to be you, for example, and I was doing a bad job of being you. So I realized with all of the advice, you know, there's so much coaching and advice. There's so many experts in this, and there's a lot of talk on things that you need to do, how you need to be, how you need to grow. How do you see through all that information? How do you find yourself? And the truth is when you stand naked, you know, in front of a mirror, staring at whatever is staring back at you is the truth. I can't be looking into the mirror and see Will or shirt, right? What I see is me, right there staring at me. And so when I take off all the covers and all the layers, and I can tap into myself, I can start to use my own. Um, I know what my. I recognize my own strengths, and I can start to use even my weaknesses to challenge myself to become better. So I think that people can use that.
7: Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, Alex, how are you? This hey, is you Nathaniel. Yes, I am here. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Sorry I got a little dead air there. So, um, you know you have several parts to your negative brand and I just want to go through a list of those so that our listeners know exactly who you are. So from your blog, okay. Alexandria in her negative thoughts to your radio show, okay. The Negative Talk, yeah. your webinar, The yeah. Negative Challenge, and your self help book, yeah. The Negative Truth. So let's briefly yeah. talk about your blog, Alex and Her negative Thoughts. At what point did you conceive the idea, and what, and what do you write about? Um,
3: What I write about, it's a self-help blog, and I share my personal experience and thoughts and observations, and I share them in a really witty understanding unfiltered um, way and use them as um, a tool, like I said, to empower people. And what I realized is that I kind of created a platform where people can feel safe, to be who they Mm -hmm. are, to share what they think. You know, um, we're in an environment where, for example, social media, there's a lot of bullying going on, um, so many thoughts, and people have an opinion about this, but people are very hurtful with what Mm -hmm. they have to say. But I kind of created a platform where people know that it's okay for you to come there and feel what you're feeling and say what you're saying and think what you're thinking without um, explanations, without having to feel sorry or embarrassed, uh, whatsoever. So on my blog, I write about love. I write about life, sex, relationships, and reality, and I keep it real. So that's what it is, really.
4: Thank you so much.
0: Hi.
3: Okay. Hi. Um. Hi, this okay. is Sharon. How are you? I'm sorry. Okay. Um. I'm fine. So,
8: um, my question is, when was the exact light bulb moment for you when you realized your purpose and your message?
3: That you know. That, thank you. That's a great question. Um. That like, well, I think when I realized my purpose was when I moved back after my separation, and I was struggling to get back into the industry as an actor. And um, again, you know, mm-hmm. there are lots of changes that happen, especially when you're in the entertainment industry and you're known as something. And you worry, and that's one of the things that, you know, happens with actors, worry about changing their names because um, what if something happens and then you have to reintroduce yourself? So, But that didn't happen for me because I kept my name. But when I got back, um, just trying to figure out how to get back in the industry, uh, you know, as a big player, the way that I left, you know, in and not that I left, but, I, you know, I moved countries. Um, I figured mm-hmm. that, I needed to be more than just an artist. I needed to be someone who shears, um who empowers people, and which is something that I've always wanted to do. So I realized that I was going to take advantage of my weaknesses. And let me tell you what, I'm a chatterbox. Like people just go, oh, you know, I'm chirpy, like I just talk. <laughs> and that, you know, would have been something that um, might have been a weakness or a flaw. And I said to myself, okay, so you like to talk. How about you, you know, get back on radio? You know, get on radio and just talk and create a platform where people can share and talk, you know, and have great conversation, right? So you may not always be on set filming like you like you used to, but then there's so many other things that you can do, and there are people, lots of women and men, and people going through similar situations trying to figure out how to reinvent themselves in their career, but not being able to tap into the truth. Now, here's the thing about the naked movement. The naked movement is what I would say, or being naked has three stages, and the first stage really is expression. The second stage is awareness, and the third stage is transformation. Now, a lot of the times people are feeling things, right, but they don't express what they're feeling or what they're thinking. There's so many people who suppress their thoughts, for fear of being bullied, or for fear of being, you know, marginalized, or whatever it is, and so we have to, I, you have to learn how to express what you're feeling. And what I realized with expression is that it opens, um, it opens up a certain awareness, a consciousness, right? So mm-hmm. if you, for example, we're feeling some sort of emotion, or you're feeling some sort of, I'm using the word emotion, right? But you don't understand what it is. You see someone you like as a person, but you are not saying it. The moment you say, oh, I love you, then there's a certain awareness, a consciousness that comes in for you as well as for the person who's on the receiving end. Now, what you do about that moving forward is what takes you to the transformation stage. Now, I realized that when I first started writing on um, penning my thoughts, I didn't really know what I was feeling. I was just writing. And when I started getting feedback from people saying, oh, you're so bold, you're so this, you know, this happened to me the other time, my sister went through this and all of that, you know, you're inspiring me. That was the moment I realized that, wow, I'm inspiring people. This is my purpose. This is what I've always wanted to do. I just need to keep at it and keep doing, you know, creating more products and platforms to be able to do this and do this on a global level the moment, really. Alex, that's you you, you
8: kinda of went into and answered the what my next question, this is still Sharon, that okay. it was going to be okay. which had to do with um you being an advocate for expression. Um and you were recently mm-hmm. spotlighted as a conscience raiser. And so you know, I kinda yeah. wanted you to talk a little bit more about okay. about that. Um about that
3: okay. Okay, well, um yeah, I was uh, you know, I was recently spotlighted as uh, a conscious net raiser, and um it was um an American author Nina Bingham. She's a, she's an she's an author and a life coach and um she's also been on my show like twice and um, she nominated me for consciousness raiser and I think that she's been paying attention to a lot of the things I was doing on social media and just with my platforms and trying to get people to build a presence of mind and open up themselves and be conscious of the present 'cause um, you know, we're letting a lot of people are just on auto autopilot on the drive and allowing their subconscious rule and right? So she nominated, she, and this was totally unsolicited. You know, I just woke up and one day saw this. You know, I was nominated, and um, another um, a citizen's advocate, um, an American citizen advocate, Joan Trepper, as well, co-nominated me for the same consciousness raiser. And why that meant so much to me is because I'm sitting in my own corner somewhere in Nigeria, in Africa, and people are, you know, in another country or another continent. And they can acknowledge that you're doing, you know, little things to get people to become more aware. I feel like if people become more aware of their choices, their decisions, their thoughts, their feelings, then, you know, it would just make the place, uh, make the world so much more comfortable place or easier. Because a lot of times people are so confused about, don't even realize what they're feeling or what they're thinking. So I think that... um, you know, just having Meena Bingham nominates me for that and Joan Tripper as well. I thought that was a great honor, and that's something that, and um, because I have so much respect for them and their work as
6: well. So, yeah. great, okay, Awesome, awesome information, Alex. And this is Danielle again, and You have a lot of wisdom okay, that, hi, you, <laughs> that you're sharing um, with, with us, and I appreciate all the wisdom, but I have okay. a question that I must ask. How did you uncover okay all these answers about love and life and gain all the wisdom that you have in Aries. area?
3: Um, again, a lot of this, of course, comes from my personal experience, right? Um, mm-hmm. Having to leave it the real world, really, and mm-hmm. having to struggle with relationships and how other people respond to you and people's perception of it. And just observing other relationships and observing other people and, you know, the things that people also share with me during talk therapy, um, you know, so, and here's the thing, I feel like um, a lot of the time, you know, we're still, there's, you know, we have this big myth really about, you know, that everything has to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also feel like um, people feel like love, for example, is a feeling. (laughs) Yeah, and that, for me, is just a big mess. I feel like love is a choice, it's a decision. That's the decision that you actually make.
0: And yeah. I can talk,
3: you know, a little bit more about that later. But I, I learned this or, you know, I went through so much that I was able to, I kind of learned things that had way really. I, you know, learned how to break my own heart. You know, I learned how to struggle and find people that abandon you and, you know, all of that stuff. So, I kinda of decided why don't you put this in a book? You know, put it put this in a book and that people can um read through it and find elements of themselves. and this is a very relatable book like. Right? So yes, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna to listen to it and you're gonna read part of it and think, Oh, I think I can relate with that, you know, I can relate to that or so I you know, the book has um contained uh intimate things that have were shared with me, you know, you know, during talk therapy and people will come by, you know with me and i would take a scenario and my observation and my thoughts about it and i don't feel like all of us are going to leave, leave long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves so mm-hmm. and you know it contains my own mistakes and mistakes of other people observation things occurred and i just put that together um in the book so that's you know what the naked true real is
7: now so alex tell me this how is the concept of this book related mm-hmm. to the naked movement
3: Um, The concept of this book, first of all, um, you know, first of all, it basically holds true that um, we're all flawed, right? So um, the naked movement is about promoting the ideology of being naked, which is really that you can learn to be expressive, find awareness, and use that discovery to transform your life. And this book contains those same truths. So there are elements in this book where I'm talking about um, mistakes that people make in love. From a realistic point, this is an expressive woman's thought, by the way. So, you know, the book contains um, truths about, you know, mistakes that people make in life and dealing a career and how they struggle through friendship and sex and how people get sex confused with love and all of those general mistakes that we make, right? And that sort of um, aligns with the thought of the naked movement, because the naked movement really is um, how people can take whatever experience that they're experiencing and break it down and open themselves up, be aware of it, and move forward, you know, so how they can transform their lives with that. So that's how the book aligns for today. Well Wow.
4: Well, I'll, this is Will again, and I know that you said earlier that you were married to an actor, So, and your marriage didn't work out. So looking, you know, at the entertainment industry globally, a lot of marriages and relationships they aren't working out. So from your point of view, what, why do you think this is a problem? Uh,
3: thank you. Thank you, Will. Um, first of all, I think that <laughs> marriage is a very complex Institution. I think it's way complex than our fickle minds can comprehend, and that's just the truth. But, you know, when it comes to um, a community or an environment like the entertainment industry, for example, um, relationships in general really is about related. It's about two people being spending time and bonding and growing together. Now, when you're in a career, when you have a career like um, that of an entertainer, you're constantly, or you have two people who have, you know, um, who constantly, who have jobs that constantly take them away from each other, right? So you're filming in one part of, in one country in one part of one, you know, one state or somewhere else, and you have another person who's in a concert somewhere else. So those kind of relationships put a strain on bonding. It does put a strain on relating because, you know, relationship is about related. So it takes, away, it takes away the bonding. It takes away, um, it creates a lot of space. Um, it creates a lot of space, you know, so for people to, um, to grow apart, so to speak. And that puts a lot of pressure and strain on your relationship. So I realize, and this is, you know, synonymous with the entertainment industry everywhere in the world, whether it's in Hollywood or Bollywood or even in Nigeria, Nollywood, what we call Nollywood, um, you have people who are first attracted to each other, but I'm not realistic about their attraction because, again, like I said, love is not a feeling. So we have people who are acting based on feelings. Feelings change, you know. We have people who are acting based on impulse, and they're supposed to be building this relationship, but they don't even have time to spend because they're apart. And they, you know, find a little bit, of, you know, a few uh-huh. times to spend, but they're apart. It just takes them apart. And so that sort of puts pressure and strain, and they're bonding with other people, you know, the other people that you're spending time with. So I really think that um, that's really what puts um, a strain on relationships, especially with those who are part of the entertainment industry.
4: Wow. Well, Alex, you have given us so much information, and time has flown. I want you to share your information on how people can follow you, especially how they can get your latest book.
3: Okay, um, well, they can get my book. My book, um, you can find it on Amazon. It's in Band of Novels and iBooks. But they can get it on my official website. They can just go to dot me is an M-E. And uh, they can connect with me on Twitter. I'm on Twitter as atalexacurgy. So, yes, that's probably one of the easiest places to find me. And they can visit my website.
4: Awesome. Do you have any final words, anything that perhaps we overlooked that you want to say before we go?
3: Sorry, I didn't catch that. What did you say?
4: Did you want to, Was there anything that you wanted to say before we go that perhaps you hadn't had a chance to to mention? Uh,
3: well, you know, I was just going to say that um, you know, expression uh, expression is a sign of strength, not weakness. We're oh, you know, we've been told not to feel to apologize, really, for what we feel and how we feel, right? But I just wanted to let people understand that it is a, you know, it's a sign of strength. It's not weakness. It's okay if you feel like crying, if you want to cry, if you feel broken. It's okay if you, you know, if you're sad. That's not anything to apologize for or be ashamed of. So just understand that, you know, you being able to express what you're thinking and how you're feeling is the first step to your transformation.
4: So that's it.
0: Thank awesome, you
4: so much. thank you so much for being on the show, and can't wait to read your book and get you some sleep.
3: Thank you so much i, I you know I'm really exhausted because I've been awake all day. And we can't tell. So bad you know <laughs> so I'm yes, really yes. exhausted I have like you know an early morning, but thank you so much i I feel really honored thank you for inviting me, and it's nice meeting thank you all for coming here. On. I was trying to catch all the names, but thank you so much, <laughs> thank
4: you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, good morning. All right then. Yeah, bye bye. Bye.
4: Awesome. So we're gonna take mm-hmm. a quick commercial break and we will be right mm-hmm. back with hopefully our second guest. If not, we will talk about um, finish talking about the Oscars. If You listen to let's face it. We'll be right back.
2: The odds of becoming a sign artist and having four number one albums, one in 100 million. The odds of going on to win seven Grammy awards, one in 1.4 million. The odds of this performer having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 68. I'm Tony Braxton, and I encourage you to learn more at AutismSpeaks.org/signs. Autism Speaks. It's time to listen. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
5: Kaya weighed just one pound, one ounce at birth and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon, and many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime, but you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchforBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature birth and help more babies be born healthy.
7: You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, Law, spirituality, and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low cost marketing opportunities? Well, look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.let'sbaseitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information.
5: Kaya weighed just one pound, one ounce at birth and endured a grueling 163 days in the hospital. Thanks to research funded by the March of Dimes, Kaya survived premature birth, the number one killer of babies in the United States. The birth of a child is supposed to be a joyful event, yet each year about 380,000 babies like Kaya are born too soon, and many have serious health problems that can last a lifetime. But you can change that. Join 3 million friends, families, and colleagues in more than 500 communities across the nation in March for Babies. The money we raise is so important in fighting premature birth and other life-threatening challenges that newborns face. We're supporting research and programs that help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthier babies. Sign up, join a team, and start fundraising today at MarchForBabies.org. Together, we can fight premature birth and help more babies be born healthy.
1: Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Alicia Brown. And of course this month we've been focusing on a new year, a new you. And so many of you have either businesses that you want to take to the next level or you have a dream that you're finally ready to launch. And that's why you have to hear from our next expert guest. Shahara Wright Esquire is a CEO, business law attorney, professor, community leader, speaker, and author. Um she's been the owner and lead attorney of the Wright firm, P-L-L-C, for 15 years. And she has experience with product development, bringing products from mere concept to a fully developed and manufactured brand. And she also founded the CEO Effect, LLC, to work with small business owners who want to position themselves to accelerate growth. So please help me welcome to Let's Face It, Shahara Wright, Esquire. Hello, everyone. How are you? We are wonderful. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. We're so excited to have you here. Um, You know, as I said in your introduction, there's so many different things that you've done. And of course, you know, when we think about the new year, um, people have so many different things that they really want to press forward with this year. Can you tell us about some of your first steps into entrepreneurship and what made you
12: finally decide to put feet to your vision? You know, I probably have a different entrepreneurship story than a lot of people. Um, You know, I didn't enter into it willingly. It wasn't really something that um, I wanted to do. I felt like I had to. Um, I couldn't find a job. <laughs> and I was out of law school, um, looking for a job, um, applying everywhere, and I just couldn't um, get a job anywhere. And so I started, I said, you know, if I can't find a job, then I'm just going to, you know, open up my own business and I ought to earn money somewhere. So that's just what I did, and my, you know, ultimate intentions were to, you know, work here until, you know, I could actually get a job somewhere else, but that didn't work out. So that's really just what it ended up being is that I needed to earn some money, so I started my own business, and that's just where it ended for me
1: or began, really. Wow, that's interesting because, you know, a lot of people face that problem where they don't have a job. Um, it's interesting that you decided to create your own business since you were unemployed. <laughs>
12: <laughs> That's true. And I mean, you know, I, I, sometimes, you know, I tell people, you know, who are looking for jobs and, you know, you can't get employed and everything else that, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, you know, um, and While I wish at the time that I wished I would have been able to get a job and work a nine-to-five and do that, Mm -hmm. I would have preferred it at the time. You know, God knew best, and this is where I was supposed to be. But had I not, you know, made a decision to really say, okay, I've got to earn my own money, um, we could, you know, I may still be unemployed. Who knows where my life would be, you know, but I had to make that decision um, to, to do what was best for my family, and I'm glad I did.
6: Okay. Awesome. This is Danielle and I'm also a fellow entrepreneur and I can totally relate and sometimes you have to think out of the box to get creative to earn and generate an income. So my question for you is what are some of the challenges that you had and how did you overcome them um, and decide not to give up in, in your journey for entrepreneurship?
12: Wow, there's lots of challenges, but the biggest challenge, I think, is money or the lack thereof. Um, You know, I was bootstrapping. Um, I didn't really have a a lot of money to really start this huge law firm and start everything and do all the things that I wanted, Um, and as I earned money, you know, it was the money that I needed to live on, run my business and live on, so I didn't really have, like, an investment. Um, So that was the hardest thing um, to do, and it's still I still experience that in some ways, not not the severity that I did, but of course, you know, not having this huge amount of money that you can work with at all times. You just learn how to do what you need to do. And for me, overcoming it wasn't that it I that it doesn't exist or that I still don't, you know, have to deal with it, but really understanding that this is just a part of the business. This is just part of the way that it is and there there are changes I needed to make in order to go to the next level. And all of those changes I had to kind of apply in my business. And so there were a bunch of different strategies that I had to do, uh, different ways that I had to look at my business, different decisions that I had to make. Um, And those were the things that really kind of made me realize, okay, this is just some things I can control, some things I can't control, and I have to be able to deal with the things that I can't control um, and understand how to work within that. And that's really what I did.
0: Oh, awesome, great. Hi,
8: um, this is Sharon. This is Sharon. How are you? I'm fine. How are you doing, Sharon? I'm great. I'm great. Um, so, my question kind of piggybacks off of um, the last question, um, or actually, uh, your response to the last question about those strategies. So many people have great business ideas or concepts, and they're just overwhelmed once they lost once they launch their. Um, their business. So can you explain how applying certain strategies, specific strategies in your business matters and is the is the difference maker?
12: Well, sure. You know, a lot of times when people start business, and, you know, like my own story <clears throat> was kind of different, and I, I find that a lot of people when they start business, you know, they have a great idea, they have something they want to do, they have some passion they want to follow, and they just kind of jump in and they just get started. And it's kind of haphazard. You're just kind of floating around trying to figure out what you're trying to do and how you're trying to do it. And, you know, next thing you know, you're in over your head and you don't know, you know, the left from the right, front from back, and you're trying to figure out what to do. So I think that there are four major strategies that any business should have, and you may not have them all together all at once, but I think that you have to make an effort to put things in place. So those would be unique to have management strategies, and management strategies are not talking about just managing employees or managing people, but managing your business as a whole. Um, that's really, you know, what you need to look at. You need to have legal strategies in place, you know, not only how you incorporate, but whether or not you need trademarks, whether you need copyrights, whether you need contracts, those kinds of things that you need to look at. Um, There's also financial strategies, obviously your bookkeeping and tax strategies that you have, but how you manage your cash, what you do with your cash, those are things that are important. And last but not least are marketing strategies. And everybody knows that they want to sell and they need to market, but most people don't have a plan about what they're trying to do and how they're trying to um, market themselves and really what they want their business to be. So all four of those strategies in part are are important in your business, whether you're new or you're you know, been in business for a long time, you really have to have those things in place and you really have to start putting together what a strategic plan. And in doing those strategic plans you think about all of those different aspects of your business so that you can have a full and complete business. Awesome. Hi, how are you? This is Nate. How are you doing today? I'm well, thank you.
7: Good, um well, it seems like you know with having all of that information to be implemented, such a good time for you to have such an
12: awesome book coming out
7: entrepreneur to c e o Tell us more about it
12: well, entrepreneur to c e o really um kind of came about from working with my clients um over the years i my my law practice really was about working with small businesses, doing day-to-day legal advice, and, you know, getting to know my clients, getting to know their business, a lot of the things that were going on in their business really wasn't just about legal issues. It was other things that were causing legal issues. And so as I, you know, talked to them, learned from them, learned in my own business, I really started to understand that. It was a mindset that was happening, especially with small businesses, and really what we were thinking about were the minutiae, you know, just putting out fires all the time, focusing on the small stuff, and never really taking a look at your business as a whole. So the whole concept of the book is really going from that entrepreneur, you know, I'm just doing something to be doing something
0: Mm -hmm. to acting like a CEO.
12: And as a CEO, they have strategies in place. That's how they look at their business, how they look at the business itself and have business models and understand the business as a whole. So that's what From Entrepreneur to CEO is about.
7: Awesome, awesome. Hello, Sahara, how are you? This is Nathaniel, how are you?
12: I'm well, thank you. How are you, Nathaniel?
7: I'm doing well. So listen, I am a hairstylist, and, you know, I have a lot of, um, you know, my clients and maybe some colleagues who say, well, why don't you have your own salon? You've been doing this for so long. Uh, could you give our listeners, you know, some of the challenges um, it is to becoming an entrepreneur, and what is the difference in really being an entrepreneur versus a CEO?
5: So
12: you he- As a hairstylist, even though you don't have your own salon, you may be still an entrepreneur, right? You may rent a booth. You may, you know, if you're not having a salary and, you know, your work depends upon you, you know, earning money, then, you know, you're an entrepreneur. I think the difference isn't how much stuff you own, but how you're planning your business Mm -hmm. as a whole. So, Mm -hmm. for example, and I'm just going to use you as an example because, you know, um, we're here, Um, is that, you know, if you like, you know, having, you know, your booth and you like just doing hair and that's just. You know what you like to do and you know you're not interested in having some multi-million dollar business and you're not interested in having your own salon or you know wigs or any of that stuff then that's fine there's nothing wrong with that Um, and you can be that way but if you're trying Mm -hmm. to kind of go to another level and if you're trying to have multiple you know salons and you are trying to have employees or you know contract people and you're trying to have products and those things that you're trying to do, then what you're doing now isn't going to work for that, right? How you run your business now isn't going to work for that. Mm -hmm. So then that means you have to start implementing strategies, and you have to think, okay, this is where I am now. This is where I want to be. How am I going to get there, and what things do I need to do now to start setting myself up to be where I'm trying to be? So that's how you start implementing strategies. That's how you begin the process of Strategizing for what you need to do. So if you mm-hmm. are a sole proprietor at this point, that's fine for where you are now, but if you're going to have your own salon, that's not going to work, right? So now you've got to get an LLC or you've got to do a corporation or you have to do something to be able to put that in place. If you're going to, you know, have a, a salon that, you know, a brand that you're trying to create, then maybe you need to get trademarks. You know, if you have some type of product that you're trying to put out, you, you're going to have to do things in a different way to start putting those things together so that as you grow, those things are in place instead of waiting until you have grown to try to track backtrack and fix those things because it's much harder that way.
7: Great. Perfect. Thank you so much.
12: You're
9: welcome. Thank you, Shahar. This is Liz. How are you? I'm well. How are you, Liz? I'm doing well. So for those people who are claiming, you know, 2016 is going to be their year, they're going to finally step out on faith and launch their business or take it to the next level, what advice would you give them? How can they be successful, and what encouragement would you offer?
12: So I think that if that's what you want to do, then I say do it. Um, You know, I always encourage people to follow their dreams and follow the things that they want to to do, Um, and I think you should go for it. However, before you go for it, I think you need to have a reality check with yourself and know that, It is not going to be easy. Um, It's not going to just come to you just because you have this great idea, this great product, and everybody tells you, ooh, girl, that's so great, or hey, dude, that's so great. doesn't mean that everybody's going to flock to it. You're going to have to put in the time. You're going to have to put in the work. Um, I know there's this concept of these overnight successes, but they're not really overnight. You just found out about it, but it didn't happen overnight. It's a lot of hard work, and it's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears um, that comes along with it and you need to be mentally prepared for that, that is not um, that easy. And if you have had a job um, and you are used to making a certain amount of money every week or every other week, it does not work like that. When you have your own business, That your income is not guaranteed to you. So you have to prepare yourself mentally, I think, um, for the changes that are going to come. And also I would say that if this is the year that you're going to do it, then have a plan, not only for the year but for the next years to come. I personally like to plan three to five years out. That's what I like to do. Um, Sometimes that's hard for people, but if At the minimum, you need to plan at least three years out. But three to five years out, you need to plan for. Um, and you may not be able to plan for every detail that happens, but your first year is going to be a building year. The first year is going to be where you're laying your platform. Um, it's going to be, you know, where you're starting to put your foundation. You're just not going to have everything in place your first year, so you need to be mindful of each year it being like a step that you're going to take.
6: Most definitely, <laughs> and you got to be prepared for obstacles that come along the way. Because as uh, entrepreneurs, right. <laughs> there are definitely obstacles that come along the way. So when I was reading your bio, I noticed that we, we share a lot of different hats, and, and one of those uh, things is you're a mother. You have a seven and an eighteen year old, on top of yes. being an attorney, a professor, a community leader, a speaker, an author. <laughs> You have all these different involvements. How do you manage your work-life balance and keep yourself from being overwhelmed?
12: Well, you know, it started with my kids. When my oldest son, um, I, when I when I came out of law school, he was a year old, and I remember going to this um, what they call continuing legal education course, Mm-hmm. Um and there was a it was for new specifically for new attorneys, and there was an attorney there that had been there had been practicing for a long time very very well known attorney and One of the things he said is that he had regrets about missing a lot of time with his kids, and that you know one of his sons played tennis and he never saw any of the tennis matches, and his son was really bitter about that. And I couldn't tell you anything else that happened in SCLE. I I don't remember anything, but I remember that. Um, And it stuck with me because I had a young son. So I made the choice at that point that he was going to come first um, and that I wasn't going to miss um, his soccer games. He got into soccer. I wasn't going to miss, you know, all the things that he had going on at school and things like that, that I was going to be there which in turn made me not make as much money as I could have made. You know, I could have made a lot more money during that time than I did, but my choices were my family is going to be first, and I'm not going to sacrifice that time, you know, for a client. Hey, I can't meet you on Saturdays. I got a soccer game. No, I can't meet you after 6 o'clock. I have, you know, homework to do, Um, Mm -hmm. and I can't go out and network, you know, at the bars and whatever else because, you know, I got a kid at home. And I had to make that choice, Um, and that's really where it started. So everything else kind of built around this, which is what my choices were about where I wanted to spend my time and how I wanted to spend my time. And it changed throughout the years, but for the most part, you know, that's always been a priority for me, which is my kids first, everything else second in terms of that. And if there was anything that was conflicting with, you know, my priorities, it just didn't happen. But the sacrifice, in my opinion, was the money, um, Mm -hmm. that I just didn't make the kind of money that I probably could have had I made other choices. But I don't regret it because, you know, I have a good relationship with my kids.
6: Yeah. And did that balance help you from being overwhelmed?
12: You know, no, <laughs> because I mean, you know, I'm overwhelmed, you know, and as mothers, you know you're gonna be overwhelmed because you've got you know homework, you got your kids, you you know you got this, you got that, and I have all these other things that I had obligations to do, and of course, I was overwhelmed at one point or another, um, and even now, I've probably stopped doing a lot of stuff that I was doing before, you know, just to say, okay, I needed some peace of mind myself. Um, I think you're going to get overwhelmed. I think, again, where you cut and where you decide that you can't do something just determines where your priorities were. So if I ever felt like, okay, this is just too much. Um, for example, when I had my second son, um, you know, my kids are 11 years apart, so I was mm-hmm. much older. Um, when I had my second son, and anybody that knows that you have kids later in life, it takes a lot of more out of you. Um, and so I I quit a lot of stuff when I had him. I stopped doing a lot of things. Pretty much most of the boards that I was on, I was on. I stopped doing um, a lot of things. I just stopped doing because I just said, you know, physically, mentally, I just couldn't deal with it. Um, and it was a while before I started stepping back out and doing some other things. Um, but that was just to have the choices I had to make. But that's where I decided to cut when I felt overwhelmed. Those are the things that I decided to cut out and shahara i i thank you because you've given us such a
1: wealth of information um that i think all different levels could use um whether you are that working mother or you're that new entrepreneur or you're someone who's seasoned whatever the area is um but i have to ask you if you knew then what you know now what would have been some of the things you would
12: have done differently Oh, wow. Um, You know, one of the biggest things I think I would have done was kept better contact with people um, that I had, you know, met with. Um, I'm an introvert by nature. um, And so I'm not shy. Most introverts aren't shy. But, you know, once I go home, I don't really – I don't really feel like I need to talk to you. I really don't feel like I need to have a conversation with you. I could personally talk to you a year later, and I would be fine with not having had a conversation with you. But some people, you know, they're like, oh, I haven't heard from you in a year, and, you know, they got a problem with that. So I think that um, that would probably be one of the things that I did not do very well um, until probably – much, much later, um, and had I done it from the beginning, I think, in terms of having contacts in terms of you know having a bigger um audience of people that I can communicate with over a period of time that that would be something um, that I would go back and do is that, you know, when you network, um, being able to keep in touch with people, and that doesn't necessarily mean um, having to go to lunch with them every, you know, two weeks or phone calls all the time, but having some method, whether it be email, whether it be, you know, something that reaches out and touches people over a period of time, um, inviting them to different things, having opportunities for people to be, you know, involved with you, I, I definitely would have done that differently.
8: Hmm, That's a good one.
1: And how can our listeners follow you and also hear more information about how to purchase the book?
12: So the book is not out yet um but you can go to um my website. So the book will probably be out later on this year. Um and we keep changing the publication date, but that does not mean you can't get really great information because I have a blog. Um and a lot of the information um that we're talking about now, I give tips about, you know, different business aspects um on the blog and that you can go to my website at www.theceoeffect.net that's t h e c e o e f f e c t dot net um, you can go there you can also follow me on twitter at the c e o effect or on facebook at c e o effect and those are the places where you can find me um, as well uh, and I do webinars monthly webinars I started a new thing with monthly webinars uh, which talked last w- this month we talked about Um, you know, getting a handle of your business cash flow, increasing your business cash flow. Next month in February, we're going to be talking about sales um, and how to improve your sales in your business. And that will be, I think it's February 10th, I believe. It's the second Wednesday in February. Um, And that will be really great information as well that you can come, and you can find all of that information on my website at theceoeffect.net.
1: Absolutely. We would definitely like to go there and, and hear of all of that. Um, but, again, we thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, again, great information, especially at you know beginning of a new year where we're making new plans and new goals. So we thank you so much for sharing that with our listeners.
12: Thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed my time. You guys have a great night. You,
1: too. Awesome, I mean, information. awesome,
4: awesome. Yeah. yeah, she was good. She was really good. -hmm. She's a friend of yours, Alicia?
1: Actually, we are in some of the same networks. We're both in the Public Speakers Association.
4: Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah. Well, Jay, Jay, you said our girl, Miss Stacey Dash, has been up to some of her her antics,
7: right? Yes. Oh, God. Really, she has, and I mean, you know, I mean, your your good, good girlfriend. I think she's friends with Nate. Um, I think you all know each other. Um, I'm just saying. um, I'm just
1: saying. I
0: mean, bottle of wine,
1: please. Somebody pass me a bottle of
7: wine. Listen, I mean, I think think maybe she stated that quoted him on a show or something. Anyway, but you know, you know, she. He has this idea that we should do away with the BET Awards, the Image Awards, and that we should get away—we should do away with the Black History Month. Um, yes. So, mm-hmm. so you, you know what? I, I, we're just gonna play a clip, and I'm gonna let y'all
2: to that. Oh, there we Hallelujah! We have to make up our minds. Either we want to have segregation or integration. And if we don't want segregation, then we need to get rid of channels like BET and the BET Awards and the Image Awards where you're only awarded if you're black. If it were the other way around, we would be up in arms. It's a double standard. Just like there shouldn't be a Black History Month. You know, it, we're Americans, period. That's it. So what do you
0: think? Oh, you well, 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 well. okay. okay. She, she's very,
7: <laughs> very much in which she did not get an award, she did not get no Oscar for that movie. Uh, listen, so uh, <laughs> you know, and I, neither I, you for any of the roles you played.
9: No, my God, seriously, it
6: is what it is. It is. What I
7: would, it is. It is, I
6: it would is. accept what but, she had to say if she decided that we were going to take all of the other award shows that are specific. So the Hispanic community has. Univision they have their own award show, too, so if we're gonna all decide that we're gonna have one, then I want all of us to be together on this one platform until you decide that all the other um, cultures aren't gonna have their own thing, then I want you to sit down and be quiet and well. that's you know what case. i don't
1: even I don't even care about that aspect. well, I think it's very peculiar. you made your money.
9: Off the hmm. exactly. mm. hmm. yep. And wow. now
1: you want us to take, we don't need black history. We don't need well. BET. Why don't
9: you give them their check back then?
1: How many okay. episodes well, you know, did you make BET money on that? Well, know BET has game? been
9: playing her stuff and put hashtag never forget. So they caught the show. <laughs> oh, shooting. yeah, I
1: saw. Love it.
0: You're another it one else? that
9: wants to make money off being black.
1: But then you want to take the black card back when it doesn't suit you. Oh, okay. Well, just return it safely. So I think something
8: card. happens. I think something happens
1: when these um,
8: black folks get called onto Fox News Network. Just mm. like they just lose their minds and they just get sucked in and they, or drink the Kool Aid right or whatever. You <laughs> about she that? She got to play she, that little role. Black. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and right, that, right. you don't need Black History Month until we are, are <laughs> adequately recognized in our history textbooks and yeah, there is a need. I got students right now who are like, I'm I'm teaching the novel um the Invisible Man by um, oh. Ralph Ellison and uh-huh. I was telling them how certain characters parallel with real characters in history. And I asked them, Do they know who Marcus Garvey is? And they're just like, Who is that?
9: And I wow! Think that
8: was Booker T. Washington's ideology versus W.E.B. Du Bois? They had they were clueless, and these are my AP lists. Wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm like, so there is a need, you know, like wake up, Please.
7: Stacey
8: Dash, clueless.
7: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs>
8: That's exactly right it is.
7: Stacey Dash is a moron. And she's only doing this because she's irrelevant. So what
0: and she, she does it because
7: when you're irrelevant, that's it, those are the things you do. You say stupid things to the stupid audience oh, to get well, stupid right. results. Is that, is, that, is that you talking about Jason? Which is probably I mean, why Jay brought mind. this up, because only this would appeal to someone like Jay. you done. Well, you done? Well, but, but what you have to understand that new levels means new devil, So it's okay. That means that's I'm rising right. closer to the top. You don't have to be like that. No, it's okay,
1: everybody. All right, oh,
0: Jada party. and
4: Janet. Jada and Janet. <laughs> okay. We have a <laughs> Woo. Okay. okay. No pop, yeah. at the the Let me ask, the ask you this. Let me ask you this. Let me ask this question. So, mm-hmm. do you guys, how would you feel if you went to a school and they had a white student organization? They do. They I have them. How about
1: to say KKK, Skinheads, i How,
4: hair how hair. would you feel <laughs> if you went and they had a um, membership? For a white student organization, forget the things that are are, are unspoken. If if they're advertising a white,
7: but they but they've already done that. Will in the past for I mean, years. Of course they 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 and they, they still transition. do. They're trying, to, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, well, we want you here because you're black. You know, come on in. Mm-hmm. Then, they, they, then they put it all in the magazines and the billboards. We have a black kid in our group. One black kid. <laughs> Two hundred white kids. You know, but I, I experienced that in high school. what we do but I mean I, I understand where maybe Stacy was trying to come from, that she doesn't like right. the segregation. But if you're not going to accept everyone and show you know, show acceptance for everyone, we have to segregate. I mean, look at everything else. I mean, we got the I mean, even gay people have their own awards. I mean, let's be real. I mean, if you're not gonna be accepted and, and you're not gonna be platformed, we're gonna have exactly. to go and create our own thing. So Well okay.
8: Exactly. Well and, and- these organizations, black organizations, whatever, they're not necessarily exclusive. They don't tell you, oh, you're white, so you can't join, that you can't be a part. Right. Um, mm-hmm. White people just choose yeah. not to. <laughs> so well, they well, with black folks, and they're like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a part of that, you
0: know.
7: Yeah. The same with the award shows, you know, just because it's the Image Awards or the BET Awards, they still acknowledge white. They well, yeah, have
9: Steven Spielberg award, who was though.
8: always Steven Spielberg was always omitted by the Academy because I guess because he liked black people. Is it white flag?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so.
8: But yeah. at oh, any he rate is. he was never nominated uh-huh. but he did receive like an image award, I believe, or a BET award or something. So they are acknowledged. Um when I look in a magazine, if I pick up Glamour magazine or whatever, what do I see? I see white women. I don't huh? see a represent I don't see women who represent me. So yeah, there is a need for Essence magazine and
7: Jet oh, and
0: you know?
8: These but the sad thing them. about it is
7: if, if you if you look at Jet and look at Avenue and look at Essence, those those magazines are thinning out so badly. And it's just I like I'm really afraid good. that I'm afraid I'm afraid that, that is gonna be a part of our heritage that is gonna be gone because mm-hmm. we're not supporting them, we're not getting the sponsorships that we should. But if you look at Vogue magazine or if you look at Town and Country, I mean they have a thousand yeah. ads. it's like an encyclopedia. So we we really, I mean, just to, to feed, to piggyback on what Jada said, I mean, we as a community really have to start pouring back into our businesses and and supporting each other. And I think that is the problem that that we're having here that we just don't support each other. And I mean, quite mm-hmm. Lee trying to he kind of chimed in on that a long time ago. He came which across with which means a we need and, to make our businesses better. Well, I, I guess. As, as, as okay, we've been to several businesses where we've been supported by each other and we do each other wrong. And that's very true. And that's very true. And, I mean, I've been to black establishments like restaurants and, I mean, the customer service is horrible. <laughs> and, I mean, well, it's
6: just like, what do we to do? Though, with, to that degree, there's with, also
7: bad, bad restaurants
6: that are not black-owned, too. And I think we put a lot of energy on the bad apples when yeah. they're bad apples. So if you go... To Starbucks when you get a bad experience, are you no longer mm-hmm, want to mm-hmm.
7: Starbucks? It doesn't work that right.
6: way. I think that no, we but um, you look,
7: but look at, it
6: more than what yeah. it actually is.
7: But but look at the platform that Starbucks is on compared to a uh, Gladys and Ron's, which is a black-owned restaurant. I mean, mm-hmm. we stick out like a sore thumb. So we don't have many black restaurants. So when we do get one, and the service is bad. Bam! Everyone knows about it, and and, and, and you know it's sad because Starbucks is up here. So who cares if if one person comes in and their mocha's not right? I mean, there's thousands and hundreds of other people who support Starbucks that's going to knock you down for that one comment. So it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's it normally it normally it's us that is beating up the, the 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 restaurant. It's no one else. It's normally us. We're the one that's always on Facebook. Don't go there. Don't eat there. Instead of just pulling the manager aside and saying, listen. This is what I experienced. I just want to give you some feedback versus just destroying the business in a public sector.
6: Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's a two-fold problem there because one of the Mm -hmm. issues is we don't have enough because you just mentioned Starbucks is all over the place. So we don't have Mm -hmm. so many options. So if that one place is horrible, then that's the only one place we can vocalize about. I do agree that we don't help support each other. So when things are flawed, instead of broadcasting, see how we can uplift and fix the issue. I agree with that statement, but I'm concerned that we put energy in what we lack or what we don't do, right, instead of focusing on what we do have and how we can monopolize that and have more. Absolutely. And so, like, one of the problems that I had with Jada is she's in a position to give up more. So I, I appreciate you saying that it's an issue, but please put your money where your mouth is. Mm-hmm. And tell exactly. me that you are going to do your part, you and your husband to fix it, give us more movies, give us more restaurants so that we can fix it and we can fix magazines and all these other issues that we have as a community. Because right now um, we get divided so quickly off of that stuff instead of coming together and figuring out how to fix the problem. Because I can talk about how bad the restaurant is, but that's not helping fix the restaurant or our community as a whole.
7: Mm-hmm. But can I well also said. make a statement? Can I also yeah. make a statement as well? And, and, and not not to like I said, not to down my people. But at the end of the day, once sometimes when we get to a certain level in our career, we become a little cocky. We become a little arrogant. Uh, so sometimes, uh, so sometimes, sometimes we don't take feedback well. We think we know it cool. all. So well. we 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 have arrived. So, therefore, we don't need your help no more. We don't need your money no more. We don't need your support because we got five white people over here that come to our business, but you got Thank ten you. other people who have been supporting you all your life, but you don't want to listen to them. And I think that's, that, that's the point where you always should be humble in any level of your career. Stay humble and always be willing to take feedback from people who are already doing it. Never take constructive criticism from people who have not arrived because if those people are not doing it, why would you want to take any type of feedback from them? Take it from the person that's, that's already doing it, that has arrived, that that has the accolades, that, that know what they're doing, and they're going to give you the positive feedback to, to allow your business to grow. And I think that's where we need to improve. Just always have, be humble and have an open mind. Hey, man.
4: Okay. Well, Nate brought up our last topic, um, which is on Brandy. Brandy um, was on,
7: yes. I think, what was it, The Real? on The, the Real. And they were talking about her dating, and they were asking her why ha- why wasn't she dating? And she said that she don't want to date. Um, she's so happy and well suited in her lifestyle that she's in that she don't want to date or she don't want to be married. And the rest of the women just did not understand that she did not <laughs> want to be married. And she was like, "God, yeah, I mean, I'm happy." I Everywhere. And it reminded everywhere. me of a scripture because, you know, I'm I'm oh, very dude. spiritual. The devil does know the word. Don't you know? <laughs> the devil doesn't know the word. My
0: God. <laughs> so I know Careful. you should Careful. know the scripture
7: I'm about to come from. And the Bible declares that i rather well, you be oh, than yes. no. <laughs> in whatsoever state you're in. So Brandy understood what the Bible meant, and she wanted to be content in the state God. that she was in. Jesus, could you people
1: turn people? my water into wine right now? Somebody turn to your neighbor and just say content.
7: Oh. But, <laughs> content. I'm going to say it for you. I got you. this content, from the yeah. audience. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I actually agree. I actually do agree. So do y'all feel that they that she should be with someone? I don't. And then when have no. women? Okay. So when did women, because, um, you know, it was a time everybody wanted to be married, but they was 23. So do you feel, um, and, you know, Jay has already voiced his opinion, but I want to hear from the other women. Do you feel well, that you have <laughs> to be married now? Let's hear her clip uh, now.
4: let Let's hear her clip before you okay.
7: arrive. Hey,
6: I'm like satisfied being being by myself. I yeah. love it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I've never taken this much. time But let him know you date though, right? Or I don't date. I haven't been out girl, on a date in like a year.
5: You Wait, so it, I, year. I don't know why. Well, because um, I don't know. I just I just like.
6: Me right now. I just okay. like the way it feels being by myself and taking care of my daughter
3: and just doing my thing. I'm I'm all about my career right now. And I, I think every woman should enjoy yes. that
5: period. Every woman, if you that. have a chance to enjoy that moment before you're married, do it. Mm-hmm. But wait, she's saying she doesn't she doesn't ever see marriage in the future. I, I don't... I think it's too far to look ahead, though. For right now, you're just enjoying and where you are. You don't know what's going to happen. I don't, 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 don't want to go, go down,
3: down that road. road.
6: I know I don't Thank want Thank you, you. Branson. Yes. I've been trying
3: to tell these <laughs> helpers <laughs> right here <laughs> <talk> <laughs> about this, and you know, they don't believe it, me. Yeah, they yeah. want to
11: push... You know, And you know what? when well, she's saying that it might happen for you yes. but for right now you doing you and we have to respect that and right. that's all
10: we ask I that love people that. respect yeah. people yeah. want to be themselves I never get why people would hear something like that and go oh, oh no, my God. You, no trust me you want it, and you're like yeah. no I don't yeah, and
11: you I'm can't to because the people don't want to believe it people yeah. People do not think they're like no you want love and I'm like I didn't say I didn't want love mm-hmm. I didn't say I didn't want companionship yeah. I just said I don't want to get married Yeah. and I want love a little bit better and Brady's
0: Loving
7: herself, right that's right, and that's girl. beautiful. You know, Love the way. yourself. Mm. Amen. amen, amen.
1: amen. 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 And, amen, amen. Again. and amen again. You know, <laughs> listening to Brandy, I, I relate so much to her because I feel like our society is so obsessed with sex. They are so obsessed mm-hmm. with togetherness, and I'm not saying a healthy we. Whether it's romantic, whether it's family, whether it's friendship. You should always have healthy relationships, regardless what type of relationship that is. But people look at it like, oh, my God, you don't have plans to be married in the next. You know, they want to plan your life for you. And my thing is, you know, it's funny Nate said to be content in whatever season you're in and use that scripture. It's nothing wrong if in this season you don't want that. As long as you're content, as long as you're working on something and fulfilling something, you know, this person over here, your plan may be marriage and kids, and that's what you're working on. This person over here, your, your thing might be your health. This person over here, your thing might be your business. At different points in your life, the priority changes and it's something else. So why uh-huh. do I care if today your focus is marriage and then someone over here, your focus is business? i got to worry mm-hmm. about my own life and my own focus. So, Brandy, if you happy in whatever state you're in, go girl. Um, Ain't nobody business. If you if you want to be married, if you plan to be married, do you have a five-year plan, two-year plan, that's Brandy business. Yeah. Just be happy and live your life. Don't hurt nobody else, though.
6: That's right. right. I agree with everything right. you said. Okay. I, I think uh-huh. she's coming from a space, though, where she has uh, pretended to be married once, was engaged to somebody mm-hmm. else, so she didn't have all these screwy relationships. She probably do want to take calls and focus on herself. Yes. Well, um, you and should. We should. We should be able to do that. Uh, I think that she was coming from a space of I just want to figure me out and I want to love on me for a while. And I think mm-hmm. everyone should have an opportunity uh, to do that. No one is required to have a meet. And in in two thousand sixteen I think it's kind of funny to have the expectation for any woman to have to have a mate. Um Girl, see, uh, that things are changing, uh, for, for how we view relationships and family dynamics and structure and so we should allow each person to decide what works for them. Because what works for Danielle may not work for Alicia or Will. But well, I love Danielle okay. happy, so that's all that matters, as long as I'm happy. So, Brandy happy, I'm happy.
7: Well. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Any opposers okay.
7: Any opposes? Well. Yeah. Whoa, Lord. I ain't heard from this. I ain't heard from this. She be booed up on Snapchat. Oh, you oh tried, you. tried it? You.
9: Oh, <laughs> I know that. First off, I do not Be booed up on Snapchat mm. <laughs> Second well. off I agree with Brandy I mean I've been that person where I'm out of one relationship And I'm into a next one And it gets exhausting It gets very tiring Because it's like when when do I have me time When do I get to date mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. So I, I'm happy for her I'm glad she's in a space where You know she can go date herself And know herself And just be by herself I mean at some point You get tired of being around people And being with someone all the mm-hmm. time So I'm, I'm Freeze, happy Liz. for her. I'm so ready at your feet <laughs> Yes <laughs> Let's
7: take a heart Are
9: they hundreds? Oh, so yeah, Wait a minute 20, 5, 20, 5,
7: Oh wow is. I'm just saying I mean Because that's a word I mean that's real I mean you know Well nothing wrong with it You know Well
4: awesome
7: Well Gotta well, be by yourself
4: I want to thank everyone for Doing such a wonderful job This night Um Sharon we were great. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, yeah. Thanks for all your energy and your insight and your experience. Thank you. We appreciate Thank it you. so it much.
0: Fun. It
4: was fun. It was? Good. All right. Um, and I'll tell you how we do the um, the clips off the air. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> but it. Um, but I want everyone to have a very blessed weekend. I mean, a very blessed week. I'm sorry. And next week we have Ms. Halima Bellows who's going to come and talk about basically how to jumpstart or to take your career to the next level in 2016 she's fabulous I've heard her so um, make sure you tune in next week same place same time um, anybody have any closing words they want to say love and blessings everyone no no all right then Miles. have a great Miles evening a and we'll see you next have week have a
6: great week
7: yeah. yeah Week We're going to weekend <laughs> yeah. Bye so, We uh, hope <laughs>
5: you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Face It With Will Strayhorn and friends We ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com For up to date information on future shows Special guests Advertising opportunities And exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people.